It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Coach Harris and I met five years ago and we were in a pool, don't ask why and I remember thinking, I like that guy You are Locked On Auburn your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, joined today by Lindsey Crosby. A lot of you know him best as Auburn Banker. How are you, my friend? I have no voice. I am exhausted, and I could not be happier. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, you and I both went, and uh, we kind of did a double date type thing, took our wives along, and we we hung out in Atlanta and watched the Braves win Saturday night in 12 innings. That was a lot of fun. It was, it was probably the most fun I've had at a professional sporting event in quite a while. Dude, you sound um, terrible. I know. I have. I was heckling people all game. I got nothing left. It's okay. I was busy, I was busy yelling for Bruce Hooper the whole time. Uh, that's true. That's true. No, that, it was hilarious. I laughed the whole time. I, I like watching people just have a lot of fun doing their thing. And like, yeah, I mean, that was your thing. And I, I was jealous of how much fun you had. So that was cool. That was cool. Um, all right, so in the uh, the open today, Alan Green, of course, talking about how great Brian Harson is. Brian Harson had a quote from Feinbaum late last week, and I wanted to talk about this, about um, expanding the college football playoff. And it's always interesting to see how honest coaches are in certain aspects and certain topics. And uh, th- this is an article from Saturday Down South, but Harson talked on the Paul Feinbaum show, and here's a quote regarding the um, the college football playoff expansion. And Harson said, quote, that's been a topic of conversation for a while now, and I would support that. I think ultimately it'll head that direction, and I've said this before, I've always felt like any team that has won all of their games should have a chance to play for it all. I think there's a lot of different angles you can take with this. I think the whole... If you win all of your games, you're probably going to get in. I'm sure that conversation had somewhat to do with his time at Boise. That's just a guess with the context because if he wins all of the games on the schedule at Auburn, I promise he will be in the college football playoff that year. Yeah, and you know, when he came to Auburn, he talked about uh, part of the reason he came is he wants the chance to compete for a national championship. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, that's how you do it. I mean, you have to be, we've seen just over the league, of time of the college football playoff in the 14 format, you not only have to be in a power five conference, uh, but even winning your conference isn't enough to guarantee you're going to make the playoff as we see with five conferences and the PAC 12 is never in it. And so it makes perfect sense that if you're coming into a conference that has the, you know, the reigning national champion, Alabama dynasty in full swing, it makes sense that you're like, yeah, I need to be on the side of allowing more teams to get in so that I can get into it and have a chance. Sure. 
Other things that he said, this is a Harson quote, whether that's a four-game, six-game, eight-game model, whatever that model is, as long as it stays within the time frame where our student-athletes have a chance when the season ends, then there's a break. There's also going to be a little bit of time where they have the chance to just decompress. And so I always think that's the balance there. How much does that season lead into the next school semester and the work that you're going to do? We kind of, we are kind of doing that now with the championship game, but I think we're heading in that direction at some point, but it's going to continue to be a conversation. And look, I think any coach that's not at Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, or Oklahoma, I'll put Notre Dame in there as well, I think any of those coaches that say that they are against the expansion of the college football playoff, I don't think I believe them. So I love how honest Harson has been about this topic. And you've seen different coaches with topics like this, whether it's, you know, what the conference should do or transfers or the expansion of the playoff. You've seen them be inconsistent or just kind of, you know, they want to keep their opinion to themselves I like that Harson actually said what he thought on this matter. Yeah, it it's it says something a lot of, about the guy that he's being honest. He's like, listen, like, not a popular position. Not a lot of people think you should expand it. I think it should be expanded. And then you see how genuine he is and the fact that he's discussing the thing that nobody likes to talk about, which is how much work the players have to do for this. You know, he's like, we're already – with the national championship, we're already into the spring semester. Mm-hmm. And so if you're doing a four game, six game play, like whatever that looks like, we have to acknowledge we're going to be asking more of these players and it's going to get into the student part of the student athlete because it's going to be taking into, it's going to go into two semesters. And so it's now that we have passed a lot of name, image, and likeness legislation across the country, I'm really interested to see, is there more, buy-in now to have them play more games if they're going to be able to start getting compensated for it. Or is what we saw last year, specifically with the SEC, where it's like, really, 10 games is fine. Last year's season, I actually think I like the 10-game SEC season more than what we normally get. And I know it's always fun. It seems like Auburn always either plays Clemson or they'll play, you know, they played Oregon, which was fun. They'll play Penn State this year. But the, everybody playing 10 SEC games, I really liked that. And I am okay giving up, you know, Auburn hosting Sanford or Alabama State or Georgia Southern or anything like that. I'm fine giving those two games up if we get extra games that actually matter. I think that's great. And so if you're able to do that, then I think it's an interesting conversation where it's like, okay, you shorten the season. It's a more intense season, but when you shorten the season, then all of a sudden you get a few extra weeks where if you are a playoff team, you have the ability to, you know, go on and keep playing like you were would, you know, any year but last year, essentially. So I hear the argument about shorten the season, better quality of play, but I will counter with these people like to make money. Mm-hmm. And so they'll probably just keep the 12 game schedule, make more of them conference games, just do like a 10, like you do a 12 game schedule. 10 of them are sec games. You get two out of conferences. Only one can be a paycheck game and one needs to be a non-conference matchup. 
and then add on playoff at the end. Because I, the last thing I expect anybody involved with the NCAA to do is to say, yeah, we're going to give some of this money back and we're going to play less games. It's never going to happen. And so sure. I think you may see in the scheduling, you may see a preference or even conferences come out and say, we're going to do a larger conference schedule and less non-conference games. I don't think you'll see the season get shorter. I just don't think them giving up that money. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. And Lindsay, you talk about people like to make money. And boy, I think one of the best ways to make money is by going to betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball's in full swing. We already mentioned that a little bit. As well as uh, basketball is kind of down the home stretch there. And uh, UFC. And, you know, our guys, Kev underscore WDE in the, the Locked On Auburn Discord. He, uh, he kind of put, a, put a, a prediction out there and said, hey, if you do this, it'll take you to Value Town. And I tell you what, he nailed it. So maybe, um, maybe check out what he has to say regarding your UFC and MMA bets. But yeah, he, he knocked it out of the park. But before the next bit of action even starts, make sure you're ready to go and go to betonline.ag, sign up for a free account, and then make that deposit. And when you do... Make sure to use promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N Locked On all one word no spaces so you get that fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June thirty, get zero percent APR for eighty-four months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Lindsey Crosby, Zach Blackerby, moving things along here. So Athlon Sports over the weekend, they put together a ranking the 25 best coaches in conference history. I thought this was interesting. A coworker of mine sent me this. It's by Aaron Tollant is how I'm going to say it. And I thought a few of these were interesting, Lindsay, and I wanted your thoughts on this as well. So we'll kind of breeze through the list. I'll read some, uh, some of the more what I think will be relevant names. At 25, Kirby Smart. He's already there, which is interesting to me. So, um... Yeah, 25 uh, is Kirby Smart. 24 is Dan Mullen, which is interesting to me. 23, William Alexander, which is, uh, he was at Georgia Tech from 33 to 44. Stop it. Tommy Tuberville is uh, ranked 22nd. He was at Ole Miss from 95 to 98. And of course, at Auburn from 99 to 2000. Alan McKean was at Mississippi State from 39 to 48. Get out of here with that. Doug Dickey. Wait, wait, wait. Alan McKean very much feels like the, we want to make sure every school has a guy in this list. But they already had Dan Mullen. You know what I mean? It's just, I mean, he won one SEC championship. It's the only SEC championship Mississippi State ever won. I guess so. I don't think he needed to be on here. That's my gripe so far. Go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. I mean, and they've got their resumes on here like, 65, 19, and 3, one SEC title, one bowl game. And I know things were way different between 1939 and 1948, but like, spoiler, Gus Malzahn's not on this list. And I'm like, I think he should be. 
But that's that may be a hot take. At 20, Doug Dickey coached uh, Tennessee from the mid-60s to the late 60s, and then uh, coached Florida for almost a decade, 70 through 78. Pat dies at 19. I think Pat dies should be higher, but that's just me. Um, 18, Paul Ditzel, LSU in the 50s and early 60s. Wally Butts was at Georgia from 39 to 60. Great name. Coached for a long time. Um, okay. Charles McClendon, LSU for uh, from 62 to 79. Johnny Majors. Ralph Shug Jordan. Love that at 14. Les Miles at 13. Little interesting, but I, I guess I get it. At 12, Bobby Dodd. Another Georgia Tech person on this. Gene Stallings at 11. Mark Richt at 10. That's interesting to That's me. That's my biggest complaint of this whole list right there. It's like, I don't, I don't, okay, all right. 19, Philip Fulmer. 8, Urban Meyer. That's really high for, you know, but I get it. He did a lot in the five years at Florida. 7, Frank Thomas. 6, Johnny Vaught. Um, I don't really know much about him, if I'm being honest, but. He should be higher. Really? Okay. Vince Dooley at 5. Steve Spurrier at 4. That's a name recognition thing for me, but that's okay. At 3, Robert Neeland. Two, Nick Saban, and one, Paul Bear Bryant. But I think some of these, and maybe I'm biased, but I think some, like, I think Gus Malzahn's resume, when you look at it, and I know times are so different in like the 50s and 60s and 70s than they are now, but I think Gus and Coach Die both were thrusted into a situation when they took their jobs where they were going up against. Um, two of the biggest dynasties in all of sports, and they just both happened to be at Alabama right down the road, and they were able to compete and really were the only people to be able to compete consistently outside of a handful of schools. And so I, I just think he kind of deserves to be on there. But maybe that's bold. Maybe that's a hot take. I, I'd love your thoughts on it. So if we are putting Alan McKean at 21 for nine years during a world war, where he won one SEC title. And then we are acknowledging on this list at 16 that Charles McClendon is in there with one SEC championship during the time that Bear Bryant was at Alabama and right. Johnny Vaught was at Ole Miss. If you're going to acknowledge that when you put McClendon at 16, then it's really hard to not acknowledge Gus Malzahn being there during Alabama and the beginning of Georgia's run as well. Right. Um, I have an issue with that. Pat Dye. Same thing, um, you know, just just not acknowledging. I mean, he even puts in the comment, like, yeah, Pat Dye beat Alabama six times. Like, okay, yeah, that's that's kind of a big deal because of who Alabama was at that time. Yeah, he went toe-to-toe with Bear Bryant, and he didn't care who Bear Bryant was. He had coached with Bear Bryant, and that kind of changed the land. I mean, it definitely changed the landscape of Auburn and Alabama football with the whole, we all know the Iron Bowl story, which is great. I think Auburn fans like that way more than Alabama fans, and it makes sense. But, I mean, it it affected the landscape of the SEC. So, I think that's a huge thing. And so, Coach Dye definitely deserves to be up there. I don't know if he's top 10. I think you could certainly make the argument. But, I mean, you look at the list of the top 10, I'm like, "Ah, I'm okay with most of those. So, um, Spurrier that high is interesting. Mark Richt at 10 is ridiculous. Yeah, you were there for 15 years. You won two SEC titles. Gus Malzahn won an SEC title in half in half the time you were at in eight at years, right? In eight years, yeah. yeah. Like, come on. No, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. Would love y'all's thoughts on this. And uh, I guess the best way to look at it is uh, to search it. 
top 25 SEC coaches Athlon Sports. Um, and we'll, we will put the link in the Discord. Okay. When the show posts. Cool. So you guys go in there, find it, give us your thoughts. Perfect. Um, tell us how bad it is that Spurrier is like top five. Yeah. And, and maybe we're off on that. I'd love for some uh, some older Auburn fans to give us their opinion on that. I, I really would. I really would. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Lindsay, quick question. Can you name a protein bar that tastes better than Built Bar? I cannot, Zach. Can you name a protein bar that tastes more delicious than a Built Bar? Uh, no, I cannot. No, you can't. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And uh, there are a ton of amazing flavors for Built Bar. They've got nine staples, and they rotate a lot out on their website, depending on you know time of year and what they've got available and all that. But coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry mint brownie, peanut butter brownie. That's my favorite. There you go. Yeah, boy. And then uh, double chocolate and salted caramel. Salted caramel is also very, very good. Very fancy of a flavor for a protein bar, but it works. It totally works. It's a little bougie, but... Salted caramel anything. I love salted caramel anything, my friend. It is just the, the perfect combination of salty and sweet, hint of savory, and then also like the texture of a built bar. There's a slight, slight crunch to it. Sign me up for it, baby. Let's go. It's like, listen, guys, you're getting done with the gym. Hit that peanut butter um, built bar. Yes. But you're heading to a, to a bridal shower. You're heading oh. to, you know, to to a wedding shower. Oh, salted caramel built bar, baby. That's the way you do it. Yeah, you need a little snack on the way where you're not gonna like hate yourself afterwards. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna go well with the mimosas you're about to drink. Oh, Great. man. Yeah, so go to builtbar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's at builtbar.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on, so find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, Lindsay, let's talk about Auburn baseball. It hasn't been a pretty season. And then we all got super optimistic going into this weekend because we won the series against Georgia. Where are we now following this weekend as we um, we saw another series loss? So we are firmly in the bottom of the SEC West. Yes. Uh, we have broken that tie for last, and we have claimed that sole position as last in the SEC West. So lost first two games against LSU, uh, one, two to one, a walk off on Saturday for game three. And the story and that, I know you're not used to hearing this, but the story I think of this weekend series uh-huh. was the bullpen. What? Please, please contain your shot. I can see on the video right now you are blown away. At least but. Auburn's bullpen has been consistent this year. They have been consistent this year. Like if 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 you can say anything about them, it's that this they've acted the exact same way from the beginning of the season to now. It's unbelievable, and, man. 
And it's it's really a shame because we had some great performances this weekend. Ryan Blitz just kept on doing Ryan Blitz things. I'm pretty sure every single game he had at least two doubles. I mean, there's an absolute spark for the entire team. Ryan Dial got all three starts at catcher, and I felt like the first two games played really well. Yeah. Um, he's ha- he has, I believe now, he has three home runs in the last four games and five in his last seven. Uh, you know, was he did give up a pass ball, which ended up being rather crucial in game two. But for the most part, uh, he played really well, had a great weekend. And then we've I've ragged so much on the pitching, but Richard Fitz had a good day on, on Saturday, six innings pitched, one hit, one run, seven strikeouts. He's kind had some guy. moments over the last, or really the second half of conference play. He's had some good moments. It just took him a while to get going. Yeah, and you know, and he talked after the game and said that uh, he's been working all week to try to figure some stuff out. And he made some changes and had, kind of had some breakthroughs. Yeah, and he really saw it translate in this game. And so he hit a point in the season where he was like, "Okay, what I've been doing is not working. Let me try to experiment." And he's figured some things out. Yeah. So obviously, that's going to bode well. Uh, he, as a junior, he is draft eligible. I'd like to think, given what happened this season, he's going to be coming back. And so. I'm excited about the idea of Fitz and Gonzalez together in that starting rotation next year. Uh, let's figure out who our third guy is. And we have some stuff to look forward to next year. But uh, even though we have a series against AM and a series against Missouri, I'm pretty sure we can go ahead and we can um, we can put a bow on this season. You, you're, you're thinking no, uh, no SEC tournament at this point? So Texas A&M is right above us in the West. And so if we sweep them and then they lose their second series while we then sweep Missouri, hopefully there's a chance. Okay. But I think I learned my lesson last week when I was like, right. yeah, here's how they can make the, the SEC tournament. And then if they do really well, they can maybe even make the college world series. Yeah. I think I jinxed it last week. So yeah, uh, if they come out and they sweep A&M in Missouri, they have a pretty good shot, but I think we've seen this season. What are the odds of us sweeping two SEC series in a row? Right. Yeah. Oh, well. Whatever. Whatever. Um, okay. Anything else Auburn-related happened over the weekend? I can't really think of anything that came to mind. The whole JT, uh, JT Thor rumors are swirling up again that he may be coming back. I'm not buying it quite yet, but we'll see. I'm not. We've heard reports that... Um, he's maybe not keeping up academically like he should be. So he may not have the option to come back. I know there was a, there was a bleacher report mock draft came out last week that had three first rounders on next year's team. Right. And they had Thor as one of those three. And I just, if some of the rumors we're hearing are true, he may not be able to come back and play next year. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame him at all. I mean, I'm just thinking he should have been a senior in high school this year. And I just think about myself when I was a senior in high school, and if I was also a student athlete and had all that, you know, that kind of thing to balance too, there's no way in the world I'd be able to do anything in the classroom. Like, there's no way. So, like, if those are true, like, I don't blame the guy at all. That's tough. Especially knowing that he's that close to being a millionaire. I mean, right, right. Like, yeah. It's, it's very hard to be like, you know, like, I need to go work on my jumper a bit and hit the weight room because I'm going to be a yes. millionaire. But first, let me write this history paper. Like I, I fully understand not wanting to write the history paper. Because yeah, you, you can write the history paper much. after you get drafted and do that in the offseason. Like you, you can just pay somebody to make a documentary for you. Correct. That is true. That is you're true. rich. I mean, that's how things work. Whatever. So, yeah. 
We'll see. We'll keep uh, we'll keep tabs on that. I I don't expect him to come back. We'll see. Auburn still has two scholarships available. I don't think they're going to use either of those. I think they have both of those open just in case something happens with Scoot Henderson as far as him reclassifying. And I think the other one is just in case JT Thor wants to come back. And I think they're going to keep both of them open. I don't know if those are necessarily the only reasons. I just, I don't really see a huge benefit to using them right now. Because what you get 13 and they're just not going to play 13 guys. Bruce Pearl has a deeper rotation than a lot of college coaches and like he's not going to go more than 10. So I, I just, I don't think you need it. And you're going to have to rebuild this team every year now with the current state of college basketball. So like, just hold on to the scholarships. You don't know what you're going to need a year from now. Cause if you get a guy this year and it's like a position you don't really need and it's like, well, you know, he's not going to play this season. So like, I, I just don't really see the benefit of using it right now, unless it's a guy that you really, really want. So uh, yeah, I mean, like Trey Alexander was going to get one of those scholarships, obviously, but that's just kind of it. It's like, okay, well, you know, uh, that made sense. I, I don't know if there's another guy out there at this point of the process that actually makes sense. What are the odds that we give it to a walk-on just to reward them for their hard work and stepping in? I mean, Leo Bergman played yeah. legit minutes last year. I would hope he would give both of them to a walk-on. Yeah. I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think we saw that with, he did it for Pat Kime, I think, if I remember correctly. I think he yeah. got a scholarship one, maybe a senior year. So, yeah, hopefully we'll see something like that. Lindsay, where can people find you, buddy? I am at Auburn Banker on all the socials and in the Discord. And, of course, you can hear Lindsay also every morning with me on News Talk WANI from 7 to 9 every morning. Shows from 6 to 9. Lindsay joins me from 7 to 9 every morning. And you can follow me on all the socials at Z Blackerby. Also follow the big Locked On social account at Locked On Network. Would really, really appreciate that. And we'll see you tomorrow for a Charlie Tuesday right here on Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 